Welcome to Kramer Says. Kramer Says. Be part of the show at KramerSays.com. Interact on Twitter at KramerSEZ. Now, Kramer Says. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. It is Monday, May 1st. Welcome to Kramer Says Live. You can find us on Twitch, Twitter, Rumble, and YouTube. We're on YouTube tonight. But I am not on account number 86. They took it this morning. So account number 86 on TikTok, well, it's dead. So long live account number 87. Yeah, if you want to go find it, it's there. Kramer says 87 is all there. Taking your calls tonight at 877-619-3899. It's a toll-free call. If you want to make your voice heard, that's how you do it. If you give me a holler at 877-619-3899. And as always, you can catch the uh, Kramer Says podcast on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. Wow, what a weekend. A lot of big news happening today. Did you see uh, Hunter Biden getting kind of perp-walked, daddy-walked? Baby daddy walked <laughs> out in front of the courthouse today where he's uh, saying, well, yeah, that's not that, that daughter's not mine. And the court says, yeah, it is. And he's wanting less. He's wanting to pay less. Got all kinds of money to fly with daddy to Ireland on uh, Air Force One can pay for that, but can't seem to um, can't seem to support his child. Hmm. Doesn't seem like he's paying his fair share. Isn't that what daddy always says that he should pay his fair share? Now, what Hunter Biden is going through with baby mama ain't what we're going to talk about tonight. Tonight, we're going to talk about the things that you should be paying attention to. I know you want to, you want to talk about Dylan Mulvaney and whether he should be on the side of a Bud Light can or, or you want to discuss what a woman is or what's being taught. All those things are important. Not as nearly important as as important as what we're going to talk about tonight, because it's what they wanted. They, it's the thing that they, the single most important thing that they want you to take your eye off the ball of. And that's what's happening. What's actually happening, the investigations. They want you to think that nothing's ever going to happen. As I've been saying for the last several years, have faith. These things take time. For those of you who think that, well, nothing's ever going to happen, nothing's ever going to happen, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. What, what can you do? We'll talk about that tonight. Because now it's where you start making your voice heard. It's where you start calling your reps and your and you can't be you can't get tired of it. You can't just stop and, and get worn out on it because, well, it's too much to ask, Kramer. You're asking way too much of me. I've got other things to do with my life than to protect my freedoms. Protecting your freedoms, protecting your liberties isn't something that you can, you know, uh, hire out. It's not something that you want a proxy doing that for you. You gotta do it yourself. It's like taking care of your kids. Who's going to take care of your kids better? You or some stranger, right? So what do you got to do? If you want to protect your freedoms, if you want to protect your liberties, you've got to stand up. Now, over the last few weeks, I've been saying that the truth, the truth is beginning to pour out. And we're starting to see it with uh, information coming out like this, that Anthony Blinken, Tony Blinken, you know, Mr. My hands are clean. I didn't do anything. Seems he said one thing to Congress, one thing to the investigator so he could be Secretary of State. That's, that's what he told them then is that he didn't have anything to do with Hunter Biden. He didn't know anything about it. Well, the emails stayed otherwise. And then what do we find out? Well, in addition to finding out that Anthony, well, he lied, we find out that his wife was the conduit between him and Hunter Biden. It's a shell game. So here we are, three years into the Biden presidency, nearly three years into the Biden presidency, and we're finally starting to learn that all the things that we said in 2019 and in 
2020 that they were all true. That we weren't crazy. That we don't need to go get fitted for a tinfoil hat. No, 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 no. They're liars. We're not crazy. They're liars. So here soon, what you're going to find is that you're going to start being able to drink truth from a fire hydrant. Get used to that saying, because I'm going to say it a lot. More and more truth is going to be coming out on a daily basis. And the thing that you do, the thing that you have to do, the role that you play is not getting bored with the information. Not getting tired of it. When is something going to be done? It takes time. If you know anything about the Watergate crisis, th that all happened in 19, uh, what was that, 1972, right? 1972 is when that happened. And do you know when they actually started going to jail? Five years later. It took five years from Watergate to the time when people started really going to jail. It's going to take time. You're going to have to stand in there. And by the way, for those of you who say that nothing ever happens, tons of people went to jail for that. Nixon didn't. Nope. Ford pardoned him. I, I think it was the wrong mistake, but they said, well, we can't put the country through this. I, I think it's time for America to, to be put through it because what we've learned from the information coming out about Blinken and his wife is that the, the system is corrupt from top to bottom and from bottom up. And when I say bottom up, I mean from the dog catcher in your community, whatever's the lowest totem pole person in your community, all the way up to D.C. It's all corrupt, every bit of it. Um, Christina Wong wrote this, uh, Secretary of State Blinken, Anthony Blinken's relationship with Hunter Biden is under fresh scrutiny as Republican lawmakers examine his role in trying to discredit the laptop story before the 2020 election. Now, remember when they came out and they said, this has all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. And we go, no, it doesn't. Nope. Nope. That's his life. That's his laptop. That's his. It belongs to, it belongs to, to Hunter. He, he signed for it. That's his. Well, no, no, no. It could be a Russian setup. We're, we're the experts here. Now, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. And for just a moment, I, I want to remind you that when I hear the term experts, I, I've got a whole, new, um, a whole new term for them. They're called um, educated guessers. That's what they are. They're educated guessers. They don't do any better or any worse than you and I do. Generally, common sense plays better than their de decision-making process. And every situation that we've gotten ourselves into over the last 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years, guess who's responsible for it? That's right, the experts. The ones that are telling you now that, well, <laughs> we didn't force you to do anything. We, we didn't do that. No, 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 no. What we did is we gave our recommendations, and they, they made you do this. Well, they, they were making us do it because you said do it. That's where the experts have gotten us. So beware that what you have to do now from this point on is not tire out. Do not wear out. Do not let them wear you down. Because if you allow them to wear you down, nothing's ever going to happen. Because they're not going to hold themselves accountable. It's you. You have to hold them accountable. Either at the ballot box, I know elections don't work, e either at the ballot box, right, or in the streets. It's your choice. Democrats don't have any problem doing it. Well, Kramer, I might, I might get arrested. They don't have any problem getting arrested. They're taking all your rights because you refuse to stand and defend them. I've said it time and time again. Nobody takes your liberties. Nobody takes your rights. You hand them over because it's easier than fighting. That's how your rights get taken. 
GOP lawmakers recently revealed that former CIA Deputy Director Mike Morrell testified that Blinken had reached out to him after the New York Post broke the story, which triggered him to spearhead an effort to cast the story as Russian disinformation. So they knew from the beginning that it was a lie. I'm going to say that again. All the motherfuckers that you've been listening to that have been telling you what you can and can't do, that, that you're not paying enough, that you're racist, that you're xenophobe, they've been lying to you the entire time. From top to bottom, corrupt. Now, Republicans are examining Blinken's role in the effort as well as emails that his wife, White House Executive Secretary Evan Ryan, sent to Hunter Biden, which were found on Biden's laptop. Senator Ron Johnson, who is no friend of the left, Republican of Wisconsin told Fox News' Sunday Morning Futures that Blinken had falsely claimed to them that he had never emailed Hunter Biden, but that emails for him and his wife show otherwise. Uh, this is that video. Watch it in its entirety. Enjoy what uh, Ron Johnson has to say about the high-quality people that we're talking about here. Uh, AKA liars. I want, I want to get, get into, into the Anthony, Anthony Blinken, Blinken situation now, now that, that we, we heard, heard from John Ratcliffe. Ratcliffe. Right. But, but your, your, your investigation, investigation began when? 2018 or even earlier than that? Yeah, yeah, really, really focusing on the Biden's private tail in 2019 and then in 2020. Where, of course, we had the, the pandemic outbreak, so that didn't make things easier. You know, quite honestly, I didn't have uh, the full support of my committee or the conference to subpoena. The, the Bidens, Bidens. They, they thought it was too political. political. Right. Uh, so, you know, they, they were professing innocence, so, so we invited all of them to come and testify to proclaim their innocence. What is interesting, Maria, here's a little news for you. Uh, Anthony Blinken finally did come in and sit down for a voluntary transcribed interview in December of 2020 because he wanted to be Secretary of State. And now because of the more information that's come out, we know that he lied boldface to Congress about, about never emailing Hunter Biden. Biden. Okay, I'm going to stop that for just a second. He, he, that is a huge statement for a senator to come out, an elected official to come out and say, this person bold-faced lied. That's huge. And you're going to see a lot of others doing it as well. Comer and Biggs and so on are all saying the exact same thing now. They're coming out of the woodwork. They're saying they lied. It's not misspoke. Maybe possibly told them as truth. They're saying the one word that can get them in big trouble. How can you get them in big trouble? Because if they're incorrect, they get sued for defamation, libel, slander. Yep, that's how it happens. So they're being very careful. The fact that Ron Johnson here on national TV says Blinken lied, bold-faced lied, Huge news. He told, he told a bunch, bunch of other lies that, that uh, hopefully we'll be able to bring him, him and his wife back in, tell them to preserve their records. Uh, you cannot trust Joe Biden. You cannot trust Hunter Biden. You can't trust the Biden family. You can't trust so many of the people that uh, they have surrounded themselves with. I mean, these made men, I basically agree with that statement. Yeah, it is. Here's the problem. What do you do? When you, when you have, have an effect, co-conspirators of the Biden family inside the agencies, inside our intelligence agencies, the Department of Justice, the FBI, and you have uh, the political party, the Democrats, who couldn't care less, have no interest whatsoever in the corruption that is being uncovered bit by bit as we pull back the... Uh, the layers of the onion here. So, so just, just to be clear, clear you just said you believe Anthony Blinken lied to you under oath. Yes, yes, he, he did. did. Uh, he, he said, said he did, did not email Hunter Biden, Biden and now, now we have 
those emails. We also know that his wife using her private email address when she was an employee of the State Department was basically a conduit between her husband and Hunter Biden as well. So again, so again, I, I think, think there's, there's so much more to uncover here. There's so much more investigation. He needs to be subpoenaed. I don't have that subpoena power. He ought to come in just voluntarily if he wants to claim his innocence. I doubt he'll do that, but he must and she must preserve their records, their personal emails. We need to get to the bottom of this. We need to show how corrupt these individuals are. Again, before we continue, I want to break in because it's important for you to understand the information that you've been begging for, the proof that you've been looking for, it's now coming out. As I've been saying for the last few weeks, we're going to see so much truth happen so quickly. It's going to be like drinking truth from a fire hydrant. You have to support these men and women who are doing the hard work. And by the way, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Me and other groups are currently working on a story that's huge of corrupt money in the system. We're tracking that down now. Can't wait to bring it to you. But you have to be upset and pissed off enough and say, you know what? I don't care. If no one else does anything about this, my voice is going to be heard. You, you do that by reaching out to your state officials, to your federal officials. You can always do that. You can always do that. We'll give you the numbers here in a moment on how to get a hold of your state officials, or your, your federal officials, and um, we'll, both on the Senate and the House side here in just a moment. Uh, but it's important that you, that's the role that you play is that you've got to be the squeaky fucking wheel. You can't expect these men and women to do it on their own. You've got to call with support. You've got to call the other side and say, we're coming for you. Now, you've got to do that nicely. You, you can't make threats. But you've got to let them know that there's a problem. There's, there's, they, we're on to their, their crimes, onto their corruption. And again, what we've learned is it's not just D.C. It's everywhere. All the way down to the county level. McCurtain County, Oklahoma, for example, the sheriff there is talking about the good old days when you could lynch folk. Or, hey, we don't like that reporter. Let's put him in a hole. I've got a backhoe. Let's put him in a hole. That's what the Democrats in McCurtain County, Oklahoma, think are acceptable to say behind closed doors when nobody else is keeping an eye on them. That's their character. They would never say that to you in public. They would never say that out loud. But in, in the closed quarters that they were in with their friends and their allies and their minions, they felt safe to say those things. It's going to take more than men and women like Ron Johnson and Comer and Andy Biggs and Matt Gates. It's going to take more than just them. It's going to take your voice, you showing up, you being upset. We're going to take actions this summer. We're going to do a number of different different things this summer. We're playing by the rules of the left. We hope you join us because it's going to be a blast. Because we do everything better than they do. Everything. Johnson continues. I'm, I'm wondering, wondering where this stands in terms of James Comer's investigation in the House. You just told us that Anthony Blinken committed a felony lying under oath to the Senate. Well, well, hopefully, hopefully that, that James, James Comer does, does have those uh, subpoenas. Uh, we're, we're, we're working with those folks as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll turn over, you know, you know certainly our transcript. We'll make that, that public uh, next week. And, uh, you know, again, there's, there's, there's a lot of truth that has to be uncovered here yet. It's being covered up by the deep state. Let's face it. The deep state knows what it did. These co-conspirators inside the agencies, they know exactly what they did. They don't give up their secrets very easily. They know how to hide things. They know how to slow roll everybody. 
And, and that, that is why this keeps, keeps happening and people, people do, do not trust any of these federal agencies. The media has also just taken the word from these agencies and run with it, and all of this goes viral, and it ultimately misleads the American people. We learned that through the Twitter files. Yep. Well, here's, here's another example. example. So Eric Schwerer, a business associate of uh, Hunter Biden, emails him in early 2017 says, hey, Hunter, you didn't report $400,000 of your recent income. It isn't until October 2020. I'm going to interrupt again. Keep in mind, what he's saying here, we've known, we've known for at least two years. The FBI has known for two years. The IRS has known for at least two years. What he's telling you is not new news. It may be new to you. It's not new to those of us who have been paying attention and diving into this on a daily basis for the last two to three years. You should be outraged by what you're about to hear. Because if this were you, you'd already be locked up. You wouldn't be getting any special treatment. The IRS would have come and taken everything already because you owed them back taxes. One... One. Where Hunter, Hunter Biden, Biden, I guess, writes a check somewhere around $2 million to pay off his back taxes and penalties. Where'd he get that, that from? $2 million came as a loan from a, his West Coast attorney, attorney who now we know is the managing director of the, the business that held Hunter's 10% stake in, in BHR Partners, which he said he divested himself of. So, so again, we don't know what, what these folks are doing. I mean, it is sleazy. By the way, we do know what they're doing. Yeah, you're right. It is sleazy. It's sleazy. We knew that from the get-go. But the Democrats don't care. In interviews in the streets, the man in the street interviews, you hear time and time again, yeah, I'm not crazy about Joe Biden, but he's not Trump. That's why they'll vote for him again. They don't care that he's decrepit or cor corrupt. They just want anybody but Trump. Easy, it, it is corrupt. corrupt. They're, They're dishonest. And unfortunately, the media is complicit. They're co-conspirators right along with the rest of the folks. Well, yeah, yeah. It's really amazing to me that we keep seeing this happen, given the enormous threat that is communist China. I mean, Joe Biden walked into the White House, and the first thing he does is he makes it harder for Congress to access the suspicious activity reports. Finally, now, James Comer and his team have been able to go to the Treasury and view those suspicious activity reports to actually indicate the amount of money that the Biden family has taken in from communist China. The other thing that Joe Biden did was he came in and he canceled the Trump initiative, the China initiative, which was actually uh, indicting people who were complicit in accepting money from the Chinese Communist Party for selling intellectual property here. It's very tough to not ask the question of, of whether or not Joe, Joe Biden, Biden is compromised. And, and yet, this week, he acts as if nothing is going on. He announces a re-election campaign. Well, Maria, Senator, Senator Grass and I had those records through 2019, okay? And we laid out the vast web of financial transactions. We showed millions of dollars. What, what James Comer's able to do is he's getting new records from 2020 and forward. So the Bidens, think of this, the Bidens knew they were under investigation by the Justice Department and by... Listen carefully to this. They knew they were under investigation. They didn't stop. They don't think that there's any problem with what they're doing. Congress, Congress in, 2019, in 2019, and yet, and yet they, they continued, continued their, their grifts. grifts. And, 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 more, and, more, and more Biden family members uh, took part of the grifts. That's, that's how brazen they were. That's, that's how confident they were that their co-conspirators inside the agencies, inside the media, would continue to cover up for them, them not, not cover these stories like they didn't cover Senator Grassley's and my report in September 2020. 
if they, if they had, had covered that, that if they had covered the laptop, Joe Biden would not be president, and our country would be down this path of destruction that his administration put us on. Well, I mean, policies speak for themselves. They are having a negative impact on American families, and American families are reacting, saying we don't approve of the way he's handling the economy. We don't want him to run again. Uh, and, and yet, yet I, guess I guess the great train, train they, they wanted to keep, keep on going. going. Do, do you believe that there is influence peddling underway right, right now as a sitting, sitting president? president? Yes, I do. My, My guess, guess, I mean, Hunter, Hunter is, is uh, certainly selling his art, right? right? Uh, uh, again, they, they haven't have come, come clean. They haven't been honest. honest. The media hasn't held them to account. account. Yeah, now, now Joe Biden wants to finish the job. What? What job? Destroying America? Because that's what path he's put this country on. Uh, it is, it is, it is scandalous. scandalous. This, this is a sleazy, sleazy family. family. They're a corrupt family. family. They need they to be, be held, held accountable. Amen. Ron Johnson's got it right. They need to be held accountable. And the only way that that happens is if you give your representatives the, the, the anger that you have, your angst of going to work every day, and then these motherfuckers are doing this behind the scenes. They have access to all this power, and they decide that instead of doing the right thing by the American people, they're going to enrich themselves and their families. On your back, while you're suffering and they're flying all over the planet, they don't care. They will take advantage of of the system as long as you allow them. They're the bullies. They're bullies. I've said it time and time again. Um, if If you want to take a bully on, the only way to do it is to slap him in the face. Now, here in the U.S., the best way to slap a bully in the face is with a lawsuit. You don't physically have to hit him first. You go with a lawsuit first. What they're facing here are charges. Ron Johnson, Ron Johnson isn't alone. Tennessee Representative Tim Burchett, uh, well, he's got a few words of his own about what's going on with the, the Biden family. He says that it's corrupt, and it goes straight to the White House. And he says verbatim that our White House is compromised by the Chinese government, they've got the proof. Here's with uh, Steve Bannon. He talks more about it. Enjoy. People aren't playing ball. He has business dealings with them, and um, and I hope at some point that the that all these his records get uh, get exposed. It's not just some fluff of some editor on some right wing um, news station. This is legitimate stuff. He has business transactions that that clearly align him with the communist Chinese businesses. And, um, you know, and the the 10 percent for the big guy, it it goes it goes straight to the White House. This thing is it is uh, it's volatile um, and it it is real. And as soon as these these hearings get underway, I hope they don't get lost in the minutia of Washington because he is um, he's dirty, in my opinion. And just the business dealings with our enemies are, are just beyond belief, the amount of money that flows through that family. It is a crime enterprise, in my opinion. And Congressman, you've done additional due diligence. You've actually gone, correct me if I'm wrong, you've gone to Treasury and had a chance to look through some of the bank records and the wire transfers, those types of yes, uh, details? Yes, sir. Myself, um, Chairman and, Comer, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and some others. And what's your takeaway from actually looking at that level of detail of, of, well, of Hunter Biden and the, and the rest of the Biden family? It took me six years to get through UT. University of Tennessee, an undergraduate, and I don't drink, and I didn't drink or smoke pot, but I, I looked at those records, and he, he is about the worst. If Hunter Biden came to me and said, hey, Tim, I want to help you launder some money, he'd be the last dadgum person I'd ask to launder my money. I mean, it's so pitiful, Mr. Bannon, the, the way they do it. The money just flows back and forth. 
And it's just, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, 300,000 to his attorney. And then, uh, and then I'm just making, I mean, give you some just off the top of my head. Yeah. And then two, two checks to him yeah. for $150,000 for a, a, a consulting fee or something. I mean, that, that's how lame it is. And it's so easy to follow. And, uh, you know, I don't think all these people understand what they've done and how they've done it. They thought they were getting in with the president or the vice president at the time. But what they've done is they've exposed themselves to exactly. a criminal enterprise and they're exactly. going to be called onto the carpet for it. Yep. And some of the people were um, now I won't say that the Biden family was involved in human trafficking, but some of the business dealings or dealings money flowing to some of these groups were involved in human, been suspected of human trafficking. I guess I could say it that way so I don't get sued. But that's uh, I, I, all this stuff. It's just unbelievable. It's unfreaking believable. Con Congressman, uh, you're from the second district, I, I think, in Tennessee, a, a great bastion of patriotism. What would the folks, the hardworking folks in, in, in the district think when you're able to actually go through this in detail? What, what would be their takeaway? That our White House is compromised there you go. by the communist Chinese. There you go. And that we have someone sitting in the White House. I'm, I'm convinced his cognitive level is not is is, is not. I mean, I think Donald Trump probably could handle about in his, this little finger <laughs> probably has more brain power than what we've got now. But um, I think they're going to be just amazed at just how deep this thing goes and just how much the level of corruption is. And and you believe that with Congressman Comer and 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 uh, judiciary and and other oversight and and speaker that that you you commit to your folks back in your district that you're going to see this to the bitter end. You're in, you guys are going to take it all the way to where we get all the facts and all the truth out there. If I have to hold a, a hearing outside my office in the Longworth lobby, we will get to the bottom of this. It is that bad. It is it is beyond belief, completely. I. I'm still shocked that they that they they didn't try to hide it any better than they did because it is just right out there in front of everybody. And there you go. Another congressman coming out saying, I'm not stopping until they're in jail. For those of you who keep saying nothing's ever going to happen, this is what it looks like when it starts happening. Now, what you've got to do is stop saying nothing's ever going to happen because they need you behind them. They can't do it alone. They need you. They need your support. They don't need financial support. They've got all the power of the U.S. behind them. They've got all the power of the DOJ. They've got the power of the FBI. Now, we're having problems with that as well, but you've got to start demanding it. You're live with Kramer Says. What's your name and where are you calling from? My name is Jason fucking Merrifield. I've already had a conversation with you about three weeks ago. Well, hey, Jason. How are you doing tonight? You remember me? Uh, I do. The Democrat? I do. Okay, sir. Yeah, I'm fucking pissed off. Why are these motherfuckers not pulling the purse strings? Well, they're starting that process. Yeah, well, yeah it's a sure. process. Well, it's a process, though. We've got we've got big issues going on in the country. They've got to pay the bills first, so they're going to pull the purse strings. But it's a process, so they've got to show their leverage first. Does that make sense? Well, it makes sense. Yeah. Where's my t-shirt, dude? Uh, your t-shirt. I don't know where your T-shirt is. I was uh, the you, you were. Uh, uh, we sent out everything you were supposed to. I don't. I, you'd have to get with shipping about that. <laughs> no, uh, your last podcast Monday night. I said I want a T-shirt, but I'll pay for it. Well, you can get one of those at KramerSays.com. There's a merch store oh, there. Okay. You can get one through right through there. 
I run a restaurant, brother. I work like 17 hours a fucking day, so I'm busy. But, yeah, I would like to have a T-shirt. But my question to you is tonight, uh, how do you feel about Dan Bongino? I like Dan. I don't know much more about him than the history, the biology, or the, the, the biography that he has out. Um, but as far as I know, I like him. I think he's a patriot. Why? Uh, well, uh, you say people like me need to do something. Mm-hmm. So at the restaurant, I run like your old podcast shit. I mean, you know, people can listen to music and listen to podcasts. And we have Dan Bongino live at 11 every morning. You know, everybody listen to music. We listen to Dan Bongino. We spread the word. So, yeah, we are trying. There's people out here like me that are. Yep. We are trying. We're trying to push the word. Get the shit out. Yep. And that, and that's what it takes. It, it takes not being afraid. Wouldn't you agree, Jason? Doesn't it take not being I'm afraid? I'm not fucking afraid of nothing. Right. There you go. And that's that's how you start. You start by not being afraid. By And if you are afraid, not being afraid of the bully and saying it's worth it to stand up to the bully, I'd rather, I'd rather stand up to the bully and lose. And this is what I've said, I, I said last night uh, in a talk, is that I would rather lose to the bully than never try and never know. You feel the same? I'd rather talk. Holy out, dude. I that, mean, I'll that, rock, I'll roll. There you go. There you go. Well, Jason, thanks so much for calling tonight. Uh, you know, moving on, we have, um, you know, we're at the cusp of everything in this country. Um, we're, we're on the edge across the board. Uh, the economy is failing. We've got rampant inflation, uncontrolled government spending, a wide open border, border north and south. Um, and in this conversation that uh, Representative uh, Burchett was having with with the the war room, he outlined a dire a dire prediction of what he expects to happen moving forward. Can you give, Can you us, give your us your assessment, assessment of where, where the country, the country is, is economically, economically and financially, and why, and why you're taking, taking such a hard, hard line on us? I think we're on the on the cusp of losing our country, and I'm not some tinfoil hat wearing redneck. I'm a redneck, just don't know tinfoil hat wearing. We are at a breaking point. You know, we we passed this debt ceiling bill out of the house, and and Speaker McCarthy was very masterful in getting a lot of people on board. You know, the the Freedom Caucus and others were on board with it because they got a lot of stuff in it. But the reality is. It, it, when it, when it, uh, if, if it were to go, go into, into place, place, it would, it would still, still put us $1.5 trillion additional dollars a year. So, so if you, you, you run that over 10 years, years um, and that's, that's about this between 17, 17 to 19 trillion if you add everything in. in. And, and on, on top, top of our, our um, already, already $32 trillion, dollars, that's $47 trillion, dollars, we'd be in debt in 10 years. It's going to break us, Mr. Bannon. We have not, I don't think, you know, people in East Tennessee, they realize. What's, What's going, going on? on? They, they realize, realize that this is uh, it's, it's just a freshman accounting trick when they, they tell you we're cutting the rate of growth. growth. Well, it's well, still, still growing, growing at an exponential, exponential amount. amount. And, it's, and, it's, and it, even in this so-called so conservative, conservative uh, proposal, it's still, it's still added $1.5 trillion, trillion and, um, to the debt every, every year. year. And, and so, so we are, we're not doing ourselves any justice. I firmly believe you've got a group. And the, and, the and the Democrat, Democrat Party, they're, they're openly Marxist, Marxist, and they want to wreck this country, country. And, they and they want to drive, drive us into the ground so they can create it in their woke image, image whatever that is. And hell, we can't afford it, and we are going to lose our country if we don't. We don't just say enough is enough. Draw a line in the sand and say we're not going to do it. I've never voted for breaking a debt ceiling. It's it's bad. It's bad for business, and it is. And 
and they and think they nobody, nobody understands it. But I tell you, people, people understand when you spend more money than you've got. got. And just and because, because you got, got it, that means you got to spend it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's a big thing. No, no, that's a point. The folks in the second district, they fully understand what you're doing and the arguments you're making. They get this. It's not a collection. They treat people out in the hinterland like a bunch of rubes. They understand exactly what's happening here. Yes, sir, yes, they, they do. As a matter of fact, Tennessee is a balanced budget state. state. Tennessee, Tennessee gets a lot of abuse, but that damn it, there's more people moving in than uh, than, than we can, can, can get here. We call them refugees, all these folks from up north and out in California and everywhere. Hell, they, they come in here and they're more conservative than I am, Mr. Bannon. They've had it with it. They, they know what's going on throughout the country, and the people here do too. I think. They just, they just they just pat Americans on the head and say, y'all just allow us, let us do our job, and, and don't bother us up here in Washington. But they're fed up, man. They are fed up. And and they're and I was at a in little Union County. It's a very conservative area. Um, I was at their Reagan Day dinner this past week, and they announced that I voted against this this thing, and and, and they all stood up and cheered. I was I was shocked actually, but um, but I was I was uh, pleased, but a little bit surprised. But yeah, they get it. They get it. The, 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 the leadership, and look, they did a good job of putting something getting a bit on the table. But your your key argument that guys. If they, if they were to accept this, which they won't, won't. we're back, back here in October, November, or no worse than March, March and, and we've added a trillion and a half dollars. We're looking at a trillion and a half dollars every year in perpetuity. When is this going to, when, when are people in this city supposed to have be the adults in the room? When are they actually sit there and go, we can't continue to do this because to do it is going to destroy the nation, sir? They won't. They're just going to wait to the last bit and they'll threaten us. And then what will happen, Mr. Bannon, they will just, Push it to the limit, and then, and then they'll, they'll they'll cut off aid or our veterans or senior groups, groups or one of these one very vocal vocal uh, groups, and they'll start calling us, and then you'll see everybody fold, and that's and they know that every time, and then they laugh all the way to the bank because you know it's it, they're making some of these people here making seventy. 75 percent return on their investments that are in Congress, as you well know, and um, and they don't want that that that, that spigot to be turned off, and they'll they'll do whatever they have to. When I was in the state legislature, people used to always try to get past the next election, and that's basically what this this bunch is doing up here. Do you think it's going to take a financial capital markets crisis in this country to bring people to, to shake them into reality when we when the dollar is no longer the prime reserve currency? Is going to take something like that catastrophic to, to wake up the, the elites in this nation? Yes, I do. I do. But the problem is the elites, as they always do, you know, Jane Fonda will still be riding around in a limo. And, and the rest, rest of us will be scraping to get by. We'll be out. You know, when I got to, when I got elected to Washington, I lived, I bought a little farm out here in Knox County. And anytime you're in the area, I would love for you to come by and hang out with me and my wife and daughter. I got 60 acres. When I got elected, I, I cashed in everything I had because I saw what we were doing, and I bought land because you're not going to you're not going to grow a tomato on a on a certificate of deposit, and um, that's not worth anything. And that's where we're headed. That's where, That's where we're headed, and it's, and it's, it's not, not and, and, and nobody, nobody seems, seems to pay it any attention, attention except around the budget, budget, you know, around this time, and they, they all freak out. out. They get they two get phone calls, and then, and then they, they fold. fold. Listen, and that's exactly, exactly what they're counting on. That's exactly what they're counting on. That's exactly what the deep state is counting on. That's exactly what the swamp is counting on, is to use the uninformed voter, those who have no idea what the fuck is going on, to be the army that calls and scares the Republicans and scares the Democrats into doing the wrong thing because they're, they want to get elected more 
then they want to do the right thing. You're live with Kramer Says. What's your name? Where are you calling from? It's Jason Merrifield again. I'm just letting you know that your live on YouTube is black. You uh, cannot even see you. Okay, well, I appreciate you that. Technical difficulties, sir. Okay, I appreciate oh. that, Jason. Thanks for calling in, buddy. <laughs> yes, that, sir. Okay, have a great night, bud. See you. Bye-bye. Um, you know, it, it's if you have doubt, we'll talk about that here in just a moment, that if you have doubt as to what's going on, Think about the bank collapses. In the meantime, if you don't have a Tusk browser, get yourself a Tusk browser. It is the free speech browser built by conservatives for conservatives. You can learn more about it at TuskBrowser.com. Welcome back. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. Kramer Says Live. We do it every Monday through Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can join us online at Twitch, Twitter, Rumble, and YouTube. And I just heard that the YouTube channel is down. Surprise, surprise, surprise. You can find us on Twitch, Twitter, and Rumble right now if the uh, if the YouTube feed has gone. You're live with Kramer Says. What's your name and where are you calling from? It's Brooklyn again. What's going on, man? Great. How, how you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm all right, man. I could see you fun on YouTube. I was actually watching and I was listening to all that congressman and... Uh, He's actually, he's right and wrong. I mean, um, there are a lot of uninformed people, but um, you'd be surprised, man. Like, yo, there, there are people, the majority of the masses are awake to what's happening. And I think that's what's happening. Like, people are realizing that there are more sane people in this country than there are lunatics. And I think they saw that with that whole Bud Light thing. I mean, I, I, I noticed it when the whole CNN thing was, 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 was nose-diving. Because, I mean, like, right there you see it. You know, I mean, like, if CNN was really, there were so many lunatics out there fucking supporting the bullshit. I mean, like, why is CNN shutting that building? Why are they about to go bankrupt, you know? But yet, you know, you have Bud Light, you know, putting Dylan Mulvaney on the can. And, like, oh, they, they, you know, like, they they took the biggest hit ever. And look at Fox. Don't you think, though, do you think, though, though, that the Dylan Mulvaney and the Bud Light and the what is a woman and all that, do you think that sometimes they just do that so that you'll take the eye off the ball of what's really going on, the corruption that they're guilty of? Um, no, I just, I just think that they do it to really push it, um, because they could do other shit, like, you know, to, to get our eye off the ball, like, you know, what the indictment went from, because like that, I mean, who really get like, like, like the whole Fox with Tucker Carlson, like that really, like to me, like that, I mean, even though it's not a distraction, like I don't, from what I'm hearing, it's not, but that's definitely something that would would take your eye off the ball. But the whole Dylan Mulvaney thing is they're trying to kind of call their, call our bluff. Like they're trying to make it seem like. Their numbers are what they are, but what like, people are understanding is that their numbers are artificially inflated by the mainstream media. Like their numbers aren't that big. If that was the case, the whole Dylan Mulvaney thing would have like you know would would have raked in billions. But no, like they lost. I mean, look how much money right. they're losing right now. Like right. they they even retracted and they fired that that representative. Right. The community that, that, that they're advertising to, the, the community that they're marketing to, is not buying their product. Exactly. Well, it's not even that. It's not. It's not even big enough to generate right. a revenue. Right. Right. So it's just like the numbers are small, but they're trying to—they're trying to fool us, thinking like, "Oh, well, you know, the, the numbers are great." They're not. They're really. Well, not. how people long will people? How effective? How, how effective is it, though? Here's the question I ask: because what I've seen time and time again is that people go in, 
and they they say, I'm going to boycott, I'm going to boycott, I'm going to boycott. And then the moment that they forget about it, it's it's out of fad to boycott. They just go back to Bud Light. How how, how effective do you think the, the boycott's going to be if people do that? Well, I think right now at this point in time where we are with our country, the boycott's going to, I think, be going on for a while. People are fucking pissed, really pissed the fuck off. And, like, they're not letting shit go. I mean, like, yo, you heard it with the Congress, you hear people in this district, they want accountability. And, like, bro, like, right. you see it all over the internet. People want, people want these people in prison. Do you think the you know politicians, I mean? and, do you think that politicians t- should really fear being dragged out of their homes like in the old days? Do you think that'd be a step in the right it, direction? It, <laughs> it, 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 you know, like, you laugh, but I think it's going to come down to that. Like, he, like, because at the end of the day, when it all goes to shit, like, it's like, all right, like, this is the perfect analogy. Like, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure you've seen The Dark Knight Rises with Bane. Yep. Right? Yep. Remember the part when um, when Dagger's helper gets dragged into court, and then he's like, "Oh, I'm one of you. I'm one of you. Where's Bane? Where's Bane?" And then you see the scarecrow saying, "Bane is no one here. This is just a pre- uh, preliminary hearing." And, and like, you know, like that just goes to illustrate that once they have no need for you, you are the next victim That's on the right. chopping block. That's so right. It's, it's like they feel they feel safe and holy, but the problem is, it's just like Julius Caesar said, "I love I love treason, but I hate traitors." Exactly. The reason he said that, you yep. know. Yep. And, and, and people are too lazy and too stupid to pick up a history book and just actually read your history. Like, bro, like once there's no use to you, it's done. Well, that, like, that's, they don't need you anymore. Brooklyn, that's, that's what concerns me most. And thanks for calling tonight. That's what concerns me most is the people that have no understanding of what history is and what their role is in it. But they they act as if they do, meaning they have no they have no idea of what's happened before. And if you don't have any idea of what's happened before, there's no way that you can see it coming again. You don't see the signs, the writing on the wall. I'll give you an example. Uh, I never quit a radio job. I was in radio for nearly 40 years, on and off. Never quit one job. I got fired from every job, every time. And here's what you start to see. You start to see the writing on the wall. Little things little slights, little things that start to happen. And you go, okay, well, here it comes. I I know what they're going to do now. Or the new boss comes into town, right? I'm not going to change anything except for your job, your job, and your job. You you read the writing on the wall. That's what experience, that's what age gives you. That's what education gives you, is the ability to see what's being written on the wall by the people who don't understand that you know history, that you can see it for yourself. Let's take, for example, 0708. I, I had never been through a bank failure like that before. But now I can see the writing on the wall. It's happening all over again. Have doubt? Well, let's look at uh, what happened over the weekend. First Republic Bank, it collapsed. That's the largest bank failure since 2008. And the third bank failure since March. What's the average? What's the average bank failures? Well, if you take them out over the last 20 to 30 years, you get about four bank failures a year. On a, on, on, that's about average. It's, it's, it's one to three, right? Let's say four. Let's give it a little bit more room. Four. We'll give them four. We've got three since March. We've been screaming about this. And Kramer says other people that we work with have been screaming about it, that the economy is collapsing. It's collapsing. It's collapsing. I know it sounds repetitive, but it's happening. This is how it happens. It's going to happen a little bit. Remember 0708? It was like there was a little problem here and then a little problem here and then a little problem here and then boom, it all happened. They're saying that this is the collateral damage. What happened with First Republic is collateral damage from SVB. Now, 
First Republic is another bank like SVB. It's not for you and me. It's for the ultra-rich, the ultra-wealthy. The people that have $5 million home loans and up. By the way, that's their specialty at uh, First Republic. The $5 million mega loan. I had a mega loan on my last, my last house. It's a pain in the ass to go through. It wasn't anywhere near $5 million on my mega loan. But I'm not, I'm not even wealthy enough to be a member of that bank because I can't afford the $5 million home. And by the way, the $5 million is the entry level. That, that's not where they stop. That's, that's where they start. So we've been predicting this collapse for the last two years because of what happened with the shutdowns. We said if you shut down the nation, eventually the banks will go bust because people can't pay their bills. It was called insanity back then, but today it's called history. The Republic Bank has become the second largest bank failure in U.S. history. Regulators have seized the bank. Sold, sold off most, most of its assets to J.P. Morgan Chase in a rescue deal as America's banking crisis flares up again. In a statement this morning, J.P. Morgan Chase's CEO, Jamie Dimon, says our government invited us and others to step up, and we did. He didn't know this will benefit J.P. Morgan. Chase will talk a lot more about it, but First Republic is now the third major bank to fail since March. The announcement comes just hours before markets open, and we're keeping a close eye on Wall Street to see how... It reacts, it reacts when, when the markets, markets open. open. Our business and politics correspondent, Vanessa, your favorite job, said the First Republic Bank here in New York City. Vanessa, good morning to you. Uh, what, what is so shocking is that 11 weeks ago, Jamie Dimon and J.P. Morgan led the way for all these big banks to inject $30 billion into First Republic to try to save it. And, and even that, that didn't work. work. That's, That's right, right, Poppy. And, and later this morning, when this First Republic branch behind me and 83 others around the country open, it will be under new ownership. J.P. Morgan Chase buying First Republic Bank in a deal overnight announced this morning by the FDIC. This was an effort by regulators to shore up consumer confidence in the banking system. As part of this deal, J.P. Morgan Chase will assume all deposits of First Republic Bank. So when people go to the bank this morning, their, their deposits are safe. This, this all started to unfold several weeks ago after the failure of SVB and Signature Bank. But as you mentioned, there was that big cash infusion of $30 billion led by J.P. Morgan. But things really started to spiral last week after the first quarter earnings call by First Republic where they revealed that deposits fell by 40% totaling about $100 billion. That sent stock prices is falling. Just, Just on Friday, Friday, shares were trading at about $3 down from about $122 earlier in March. Now, why, I'm going to interrupt, why, why did all of that happen? Well, you and I both know why it happened. It happened because people were scared. That's called a run on the bank. They, they pumped $30 billion in, and what did the rich and the elite do? They see what's happening. They've been able to read the writing on the wall, too. They fully see what's happening. They fully understand what's going on. So if that's the case, if they're seeing that, shouldn't you be paying attention to those people? Those people that are saying, hey, listen, we see a problem on the future, on the horizon. That's the writing on the wall. That's reading the tea leaves. That's the experience. 
have a statement from the Treasury Department out early this morning reacting to the news. I will read that to you. Here's what they said. Quote, Treasury is encouraged that this institution was resolved with the least loss, the least cost to the deposit insurance fund and in a manner that protected all depositors. The banking system remains sound and resilient and Americans should feel confident in the safety of their deposits and the ability of the banking system to fulfill its essential function of providing credit to businesses and families. So okay, so with that being said, that, that's a blanket boilerplate statement. We're, we're hoping that everything's fine, everything's good. Do you trust the system? Based on the lies that we've been told over the last three or four or five or 20 or 30 years, 60 years, do you trust them? Do you trust them to tell you what's really happening? One day they told you that you didn't need masks. Oh, that was the noble lie. The next day they said you did. That was just a lie. Because you didn't. Because they don't work. You know it and I know it. It says so on the side of the package. The people that have been lying to you, in particular, for the last seven years, are now expecting you to trust them to take, your, take their word with your money. Are you doing that? I would. Clearly, this, this is, is an effort, effort by the FDIC, an effort by J.P. Morgan Chase, right, to and save an effort face. by the Treasury Department to, to assure customers and consumers that the banking system here in the United States is, in fact, safe. Poppy, so it's just stunning to see three big U.S. bank failures. Yeah, and about that. Thank you. We'll check back in with you throughout the morning. And Caitlin and Christine, I mean, the truth is the FDIC still is going to pay $13 billion here. Now, this information that you're about to see here, what you're about to hear, if you're on IG, what you're about to see if you're watching it, is going to blow you away. Again, this is the writing on the wall. When we're telling you what's about to hit this nation is 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times worse than the recession of 07, 08, believe us. There's no reason. I, I don't make any more money for making false predictions. I'm looking at what happened in 07 and 08. Well, Kramer, it's completely different. Who's that coming from? It's not coming from me. It's coming from the experts. Oh, there's not going to be a run on the banks. That's not, that's not going to happen. That's exactly what just happened. That's why that bank closed. There was a run on the bank, and the bank didn't have the deposits available to give it back to these people who were running on the bank. These are the richest of the rich. If they're making a run on the bank, I wonder what would happen if you decided to test your local system, your local bank. Do they have all your money on hand? Can you get it? Will they hand it over to you? Or is it going to be a bail-in? Um, in, in terms, terms of, 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 you know, the, the cost, cost of it. Well, that's, well, that's what they forecast, actually, because, because we, don't we don't know, know what the ultimate cost will be, but they've said it could be about 13 Yeah. Christian, yeah. 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 our chief business correspondent, what do we know about the details of how all this happened and what it looks like, what they've agreed to? It was just an amazing weekend. i got to tell you, I mean, this is J.P. Morgan taking over the assets and the deposits of this bank, and then there's going to be a loss-sharing provision with the FDIC for anything that comes up that could be problematic on the bank's books. Yep, so... So here you go. That was that was some uh, doublespeak there. Loss sharing. You know what that means? That means that the American people are going to have to pick up the tab. That J.P. Morgan Chase and the FDIC have agreed on some loss sharing measures. Do you feel like sharing the loss of that bank? You didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't have anything to do with it. Why are we expected to bail it out? Well, we're not going to bail it out. Listen, the FDIC is broke. They only have $100 billion in that account. 
They, they just nearly tapped it out with the, the SVB. Now we've got another $13 billion plus. Come on. Common sense says they're lying. A little, a little bit, bit of a sweetener from the FDIC to make sure that J.P. Morgan yeah. will come to the table. Sweetening with our money. Of this bank. Um, so, so over the weekend, you had all, all these banks who were buying for pieces of, of First Republic, but it was yeah, maybe PNC, J.P. Morgan, others. By the end of last week, it became pretty clear that the FDIC was going to have to step in and take over this bank. It was not going to be able to stand alone. And I think you're waking up this morning and you're looking at this. I was just texting with a top House Republican who deals with all of this, and he says essentially this is unfinished work from from SVB weekend, weekend from, from what happened with Signature Valley, Valley Bank. Well, so, so, so Valley Bank. Bank. Yeah, yeah, so let's, let's talk about, about what happened there, because you had this bank, um, First Republic, lost 41% of its deposits, $100 billion walked out of the door after um, SVB and Signature Bank failed. Because and who are those? The richest of the rich. $100 billion walked out the doors because, oh, this don't smell right. I, I don't want my money here. They know the banks that are volatile. They know where to put their money. They're not telling you, but they decided to exit before it was too late. Exit stage left is what they said. What, what happened, happened was that showed that these banks, like First Republic, that have a lot of uninsured deposits, people didn't want to be sitting there with all their money in the bank, more than $250,000 in the bank with uninsured Okay, so for those of you who don't know, if you've got a ton of money in the bank, it's only insured up to $250,000 by the federal government. So the people who pulled their money out had more than 250 k just sitting around. Let that sink in. Deposits. So they walked out the front door and took their money to other banks. First Republic catered to wealthy clients on the coast. We go. It was known for like its $5 million jumbo mortgages. So when you talk about Republicans in the House, look, nobody's crying over First Republic Bank, but you don't want chaos and turmoil to spread to the rest of the banking system as well here. And do we think that there's going to be more chaos? Now, this question that she's asking here is the first, that's the first real question that I've heard so far is that she's asking, is this going to spill over? Now, she's going to give the um, boilerplate. We don't think so. We, we think that everything is good. But keep in mind, the rich are getting their money out of the banks now. Same thing happened in the 1930s. Same thing happened in 07, 08. Banking system as a result of this? So I've been talking to a lot of people over the weekend, and they think that you call this unfinished business they, they think, think that, that what happened with the 30, all, all that, that money that was uh, the lifeline that went six weeks ago that went into yeah, the $30 billion, right. that bought it some time. Yeah. It calmed down market fears, it bought it some time, and allowed the industry to be able to find a way um, to, to manage this problem. Will there be more banks? No, no one knows for sure. I mean, three big bank failures in just a couple of months is really remarkable. But for the most part, um, most banks are perfectly healthy and will be able to manage this industry with this. Most. Most are perfectly healthy. That's what she's saying. She's saying that most of the banks will be able to stick it out. You're live with Kramer Says. What's your name and where are you calling from? Um, Jason. Jason, again. you're back again. What's up, brother? I want to know how I can help you get your platform out there because I, I have Kramer Says, your, uh, you know, your social media thing you put out. Uh-huh. I have that. I mean, I have. Well, I'll tell you what. I've, I've got your number here, Jason. Let me call you after we get done with the program, and we can do it then. How about that? Well, that's fine. I've got to run to the grocery store, but can you call me about 45 minutes when I'll, you're done? I'll, I'll give you a holler. Yes, sir. Okay, Thank you. Thanks so much for calling. You know, it's it's amazing as the as the banks and the uh, the financial system is collapsing. Um, 
what we see time and time again are the same things that are to distract us. Case in point, it's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's a spy balloon. And just in time, just as damning information is coming out about the Bidens, Blinken, the banks are failing. Here comes a balloon. The government, the government is, is tracking, tracking another, another UFO, UFO over, over American soil. soil. Joining, Joining me now is CCC's Pentagon, Pentagon correspondent, Courtney Kuby. I can't do a little fast, fast Courtney. Courtney. Um, um, and being about UFO, it's another balloon. Tell, tell me what we know. So, so it, it appears, appears to be another, another balloon. balloon. I will say the officials that we're speaking to say that they don't believe this is a Chinese balloon. But they don't really know who owns it. It's been flying. It did fly over the last several days over part of Hawaii. Now it appears to be moving east towards Mexico. Mexico. We, don't we don't exactly know, know where it is on that, that transit at this point. point. Unlike the Chinese, the Chinese spy balloon, balloon from a couple of months ago, ago this, this balloon does not appear to have maneuverability or propulsion. So, so in, in other words, it seems to just sort of be floating along with the wind, the wind. That's according, according to these officials, but it does have a payload. So, so at this point, it's just, it's just not really clear, clear what this is. Now, the, the officials say it, this, it also is not presenting any kind of a threat to aviation, to commercial aviation or planes in the sky. And it does not appear to be any kind of a national security threat. But Katie, you know, you know, we, we, we pointed point out to our viewers, viewers because there's, there's another balloon, unknown origin, and the U.S. is tracking it to see exactly what it is and where it goes. Is there, is there now a policy in place of what the government will do with it, with these balloons? I mean, is there, is there talk about when, when you should send them down and when you don't? I know we asked officials this over and over, over again <laughs> during, during the last melee. Um, there, was there was never really a clear answer. answer. Has one since been formed? Imagine that. So, so from, from a military perspective, there is a very clear checklist that existed during all of the the, the February, February time, time of the, the, the balloons that, that were shot down, down over several, several days, days to, to now, and it, and it still, still exists. And if, if it's an immediate threat, threat the commander of North Com Nora, Nora, General Ben Hurt, actually has the authority. If, if it presents an immediate threat, threat they know it's armed, armed it, it, and it may be uh, something, something that, that could, could do immediate damage, damage. He, he actually, actually has, has the authority to shoot, shoot it down. down. There you go. They don't know what it is. They don't know where it came from. I'm pretty sure it doesn't pose any danger or threat to you or the American people, but just in case we've got the authority to shoot it down. That's the mentality of the Biden administration. That's who we're dealing with. As I've been saying, folks, over the last last year and a half to two years, have faith. This isn't done. We're Americans. We're more resilient than they're giving us faith for, giving us credit for, I should say. You have to have faith. The, the truth is pouring out. It's coming out. But the role that you have to pay that you have to play in that truth is that you have to be willing and bold enough, brave enough to repeat it out loud and often. What they're counting on is for you to get tired and not to be a part of it and to allow them to continue doing what they're doing. If you're outraged, it's time that you show you're outraged. If you're upset, it's time that you make your voice heard. There's a number of different ways that you can do that. Tomorrow's night, Tomorrow night's program, that's what we're going to talk about. Grassroots, what you do locally, how to build a revolution in your community. Start playing by the rules of the left. That's what it's going to take to win. We can't play their game and play by our rules. We have to play by theirs. If we don't, we're going to lose. I don't, I don't understand what people don't understand about that. Well, Kramer, we want to take the high road. High road ain't going to win it, folks. Mitt Romney, Flake, the rest of them. That's what they tried to do. They're establishment guys. They want to go along to get along. Whatever it takes to get the deal done so that I don't get beat up too bad and you don't get beat up too bad. And it doesn't matter what happens as long as we both look good in the polls. 
That's what we're fighting right now. So to fight that, no, you got to take on the establishment. They didn't know what hit them in this new Congress. That's why what happened with Matt Gates and uh, Lauren Boebert and the others that stood against uh, McCarthy, they forced his hand to do the right thing. He wasn't going to do it. They stood against him. They knew that there would be repercussions. They took it. They took the slings and the arrows because that's what you have to do. You have to be willing to fight for your liberty. They called it a game. They made fun of it. That's exactly how they spin it. They want to belittle the people who have the, the courage to stand. They always do the same thing. What are they doing against MAGA right now? The, the MAGA, the MAGA uh, uh, extremists, they're, they're taking over our country. They're, 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 they're getting rid of books in schools. Yeah, books of kids sucking off other kids' dicks. How to take it in the ass. They can't go to the store to buy that book. It's illegal for them. So I guess we already censor kids, don't we? Isn't that weird how they turn the facts around and make you think that we're censoring books? No, you can go buy that book. If you're 18 or above, you just can't get it in school, public school. You want to go to college and get it? Knock yourself out. You want to go to the local library and go to the adult section and get it? Knock yourself out. But you can't get it at the elementary school. You can't get it at the high school. You can't get it at the middle school. And teachers can't bring it in and give it to you because if they were to take you into the shop where they get these books from, by the way, I know that these books are published by publishers, and that they're not in sex shops. I understand that. But if they took you to go get the go get books that have the exact same content in them, it's illegal. That's what you have to start looking at how they make these arguments. The don't say gay bill. Bill didn't say don't say gay. We've got to start fighting back like they fight back. You've got to start taking it to them in the streets. That's why I expect this summer to get, I expect it to get heated up. That's why Oklahoma has decided to, they've passed a brand new bill, and that brand new bill is, is that, brand new law, rather, not a bill, they've just passed a, a new law, and that new law is that if you are protesting, and you block a road, and you scare somebody into thinking that you're going to harm them, and they have the right to be fearful, we've already seen what, starting with Reginald Denny, they pulled him out of his truck and beat him to, to uh, nearly beat him to death with a brick. I have reason to be afraid. I, I have the right to be fearful of a mob. I've seen what you've done. Ripping people out of the cars, setting the cars on fire, flipping the cars over, taking the cars with kids inside. No, Oklahoma said you've got the right to run them over. You have the right to preserve your life. You know what? If I was a protester, the last place I'd be in is in Oklahoma because there's some good old boy out there that is just itching to be get surrounded. He can't wait for you to come up onto his F-150 and fuck with him. I don't have an F-150, but I'm kind of the same way. Bring it, bitches. Let's play. I'm ready to rumble. How about you? If you're, if you're so stupid to stand in front of a car and think that you're going to block it because I'm going to respect you as a human when you don't respect me as a human, <laughs> you're in for a, uh, a long, long hospital visit because that's how, what it's going to be. It's Monday, May 1st. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. Kramer Says Live. You can find us every uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday on Twitch, Twitter, Rumble, and YouTube. Sometimes YouTube. We heard that we had some problems tonight. Others said we didn't, so we'll learn about that. I'm back up on TikTok. Yes, they took number 86. I've got number 87 rolling now, so if you want to join me there, Kramer Says 87. Taking your phone calls every Thursday, or every Monday through Thursday at 877-619-3899. We'll do the exact same thing tomorrow night. Can't wait to see you then. Until then, bye-bye. 
Get more at KramerSays.com. KramerSays.com.